podcast. <laughs> Today we have Omar. I, I'm not gonna. Yeah, try yeah. To just, just who, who are you? <laughs> Before we butcher your last name. <laughs> no worries, no worries at all. My name is Omar Ramawi. Omar B. Ramawi because someone beat me to. You know the name without the middle initial, so that's just who I am everywhere. I really now. thought it was just Burmawi. Burmawi, you know, uh, people have said that over the phone quite quite a bit. Uh, now, now, now we know point. it's just Burmawi. Yeah. <laughs> so I am. Um, you have a title and stuff, I guess. Oh yeah, so I yeah. mean, you're you're a local photographer and you do video as well, from what I can tell, right? Yeah. So I actually I started out in photography, but I I pivoted professionally to video years back, back in the days where I worked for a viral media company called Distractify. Like, you know, when BuzzFeed was the big thing. And oh, whatnot, wow. Yeah. And, and it came out. <laughs> BuzzFeed. So, yeah, yeah. They're back, out of business, back. right? Buzz no, no. They just laid off a ton uh, of staff and became the worst people in the world. But uh, <laughs> that's I a whole remember, other I remember topic. seeing all their lists all the time when I was yeah. born. Yeah. 27 ways <laughs> where the type of taco you are tells you what your trauma response is. <laughs> I would actually take that quiz. Yeah. yeah. If I was bored enough, I would do it. Yeah. I had like my first office job when like BuzzFeed articles were like the shit. And I just remember I spent a significant amount of time no, yeah, just filling out those forms. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what your subway toppings yep. say about your relationship <laughs> with your parents. But yeah, man. So you got into, so tell me then, what got you into i guess tell me about the journey from the start so you did wow. photography first you said no, yeah so yeah. Well, i guess when, when was the when was the first time you picked up a camera i guess is the let's, 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 let's hear this origin story here walk us through right. <laughs> okay so uh the first once in a lifetime economic recession uh back in 2008 and everything yep um i was in college i was working full-time uh and then uh, we lost all our like grants. Like if you had any state grants or anything, those went away. So I took a little longer to get out. And then when I graduated, people were hiring like mechanical engineers and stuff for like $8 an hour. So I stuck Ooh. to auto repair. I was still doing, uh, working on cars and managing a couple of places. After a while, just, I went to go work for a chain and I managed a couple of stores. And like, I was like, there has to be something a little more to life than this <laughs> stuff, man. I'm literally going insane. Yeah, I remember working in retail and I would see like a lot of managers that have like bachelor's degrees and something and they're like miserable just being like just a general or assistant manager at a I used to work at Circuit City mm. and wow that's <laughs> throwing you're dating yourself yeah. there buddy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to work at Circuit City selling TVs so, well I started off seasonal and then they you know I, I like they liked me enough that they kept me on full time or not even full time but past the past the the season mm -hmm. or whatever and then they promoted me to sell TVs. I'm like, okay, whatever. But I just remember seeing some of the managers there. They all got like back church degrees and something that has nothing to do with what they're doing at Circuit City. I was yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's most people. I'll say it right now. College is a scam. Unless you need the degree to not kill somebody. Take it as a guy who just spent way too much time in school and stuff. Like, I got into med school and stuff, and I just remember doing it, and I'm like, bro, I am not doing this for another 10 years. <laughs> and then I was like... It just sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, I was, I was like, this is... Like, I'd still be in school specializing now if I went in at the time that, that I actually got It's like got high risk, stuff. low reward. Kind yeah, of that thing. was... Yeah. I, remember, I remember I walked into my uh, advisor's office because I was going to school for... Well, I went to school for originally for history, and then I was like, let me get a little bit more technical. So I decided to do journalism. <laughs> oh, wow. My heart, my heart. I love journalism, though. So I was doing journalism. And then I was um, – that's what got kind of, I guess, laid the foundation for nice, me in doing nice, like, videos nice. and stuff because uh, I got a lot of media training. 
but I figured I, I, at some point I was like, you know what? I think I should probably do another, like a different career change, especially if I'm going to pay more money to stay like to do, to finish school. So I walked into my advisors cause I was dating somebody who was into computer science at the time. And they're like, well, let me see if I can get into computer science. And it was like, oh, yeah, you're going to need another three years for your bachelor's degree. Fuck that. So I was like, all right, well, I'm out. Higher <laughs> ed in the U.S. is a scam. I hate to say it. I have very strong opinions on this. I will keep it for another podcast. <laughs> I'm the same way, too, man. Yeah. Oh, God. But yeah, so you yes. were saying, yeah, yeah. So, so I left there, and I went the polar opposite route. I went to work for a nonprofit, the American Red Cross. Mm. I trained out of Sil- Silver Spring in uh, PA for a while. Silver... Silver something, not Silver Spring. Silver Street, I think. Uh, and then I got into, at this point, he was out there for years, but you guys know Casey Neistat on YouTube? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so my brother was talking about a cross-country bike ride he wanted to do. He was into triathlons at the time. So I was like, oh, yeah, just be careful. Uh, I remember seeing this video of all the bike lanes across cities being blocked, and I looked it up, and I saw, I found the video. It was Casey's bike Was it just bike a bunch of trolls? But what is it? Just a bunch of trolls that were just no, no. Them so, or? so bike lanes was Casey got a ticket. He got fined for not riding in the bike lane. But he got he said, so mad. <laughs> yeah, he, he got mad because he, he's like the bike lanes are always blocked. Mm. So what oh, he I did see. was yeah. the video is that he said, "Fine, I'm staying in the bike lanes," but he would crash into everything that was there. Yeah, he was like, "You want me to stay in this bike lane? Sure, yeah. okay, fine." <laughs> so he hit cones, and then it ends. The my favorite one is he ends on a cop car. That's yeah. blocking the, ah, the yeah, he, There's a cop car. Bl- there's full sand. Full sand. It was so funny. This is a check right here. <laughs> but but I sent my brother the link, and then I'm like, I, at this point, I had no idea about subscribers or subscribing on YouTube or stuff. I was like an old man who just used YouTube to look up how to do stuff and watch cat videos. <laughs> and I'm like, this guy has 600 videos. I saw that there, and I'm like, who is this asshole with 600 videos, and what are they about? <laughs> I, I couldn't wrap my head around it. And then over the course of three months, I consumed this dude's entire life <laughs> over the past uh, however many years it was at that yeah. point. And I was so blown away by how he was able to frame the mundane tasks of everyday life and turn it into an amazing story, weave it around with great visuals, and really, like, just introduce a layer of storytelling I've never seen before. It's very different from what we're accustomed to in very refined cinema or very refined uh, television. And it feels less staged, even though it is, because realistically, what's he doing? He's setting up his camera for every shot, then walking into the frame Mm -hmm. or biking up or anything like that. But you don't think about that in the moment when you're watching it. No, because he's so good at it. He's so good at it. I still think he's the best at it, even though, like, vlogging has changed quite a bit since then. So I saw that, and I'm like, after those three months, and at that point, I started working as a writer for Distractify. I said, I don't know what I want to do. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's something with this stuff, Mm -hmm. something with cameras. So I bought – he used a Canon 70D at the time. Wow. (laughs) So I bought that that camera, and it was really complicated. And uh, so – yeah, and it was yeah, a those, stretch those, financially those, those, at the yeah, time. Yeah, those, those, those like the, the 60Ds and the 70Ds, those those are like – 
I, I every time I picked one up, it felt you know it, it felt like a regular camera, right? But at the same time, it like you said, it did feel very complicated to to, to the person that doesn't know what they're doing. Oh yeah, you know because you got the little tiny screen at the top, and it's like, God damn, what the fuck is all what the fuck are all these numbers here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but the 70D and 80D they were still APS-C cameras. Right? Yeah, yeah. The, the 80D was a technological jump over the 70D. The 70D was the first camera to have dual pixel autofocus. So that what was is, what does that mean, uh, Omar? Please enlighten us. <laughs> that's I'd never heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> Talking to us. Sony fanboy here. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Well, well autofocus. I can't even talk trash about Sony autofocus. Yeah, okay. That's so much better than. I, I, so my, I jumped from a Canon T3i. Oh to, god. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah. you? I jumped from a Canon T3i to straight to the Sony A7 II. Wow. So yeah, you, that, you, yeah. yeah, it was a light years yeah, of change got, for but you. But I wanted, I wanted the 5D Mark III so bad. Up until the point I picked one up with an L lens on it, uh-huh. nah. I was yeah. like, no, nah, this ain't this this is this is work. I can't I yeah. can't walk around with this <laughs> big ass. Fuck, this is a weapon. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you can really fight absolutely. somebody. Like if somebody tries to steal your shit with you, try to steal your camera, you can really fight somebody back with yeah, your camera. Yeah, I remember. I remember <laughs> when I was in uh, when I was in college. I I wanted to get a, I needed a camera for some media stuff. So I decided to just go ahead and use my Pell Grant money to buy a <laughs> Rebel T7, <laughs> the Rebel T7i. Oh, and it was cool because I had a touchscreen. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I had a touchscreen. And the Rebel T7i, it Wait, was, was dope the, because well, I got it. Was a, it the Costco bundle? No, oh, it wasn't. Okay. You know, you know what's it funny? Wasn't. We but can tell was. our age differences based on the cameras we're talking about. T3i, T7i. Sir, how, are you old enough to be on this podcast, sir? <laughs> Yeah, but like I used I used that money to get the T7i, and I got the it wasn't the Costco bundle; it was a bundle from B and H. So sometimes when you go on B and H and you just buy shit, yeah. like they'll just send you something for free, mm-hmm. and you didn't you don't even realize it until you check out. So I checked out, and I had the I was just gonna get the kit, the uh, the regular kit. What I think it's like their twenty eight to seventy equivalent or whatever that mm-hmm. standard focal range is, uh, the regular zoom. So they I was expecting that. And uh, a microphone, because I was also following in. I was also keeping tabs on all the Casey Neistat and all the mm. the YouTube blog wave that was ha- that was popping at the time. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna get a mic. And I'm gonna get this Canon T7i, and that's gonna be it's gonna be it. Next thing I know, I I realized when I checked out, B and H is hooking me up with a battery grip and the 10 to 17. Um, the really? 10, yeah, the 10 to 17. The 10 to Damn. 18, the yeah. blog ones. Yeah, the yeah. the I think it's like a two hundred ish dollar lens yeah. that Damn. they were selling. So yeah, they, they just hooked you up with that. Yeah, and nice. the battery grip. But I remember I was carrying around the battery grip because I was like, I've never had a battery grip before. <laughs> I was coming from a Nikon uh, D thirty one hundred. That was my first camera, and then I was like. When I was carrying with a battery grip, I could not let that thing go. <laughs> I could not let that thing go. I was like, I don't know, I don't know why, but I feel like a pro. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is a rebel, by the way. This is not even a full frame camera. It doesn't matter. Appearances are everything. Yeah. yeah. Funny thing. Funny thing for video camera cages and stuff. I at one point built out a rig literally only because it made clients feel more calm like this like oh this looks like a real thing yeah because when they saw me show up with just the bare camera hand holding i was literally doing the exact same thing right. but i put a monitor and like v-mount on it uh they were like oh you're gonna do your job with that is that good enough and i'm looking at them like it's good enough clearly it is 
And then it, the, just a reaction. One person realized what I did and was dying when they realized what was <laughs> No, but that's, that's true, though, because some it's clients just true. don't, they don't perception. know. Perception. Like, yeah. It's yeah. just perception. And, and if, if the lens is bigger, that means that it's, it's better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a thousand percent. I go out. I got one of my friends into photography uh, during the pandemic because I'm a terrible friend, apparently. <laughs> and uh, he, has a, he bought a Nikon, a D800, and he had the telephoto lens. And when we'd go out, people would ask him, to take their photos uh, like stuff is like oh you're the professional with a telephoto lens yeah no no like they would hand the phone to him like if they wanted a cell phone and then it was so funny to us because i'm still trying to like teach him some of this stuff and i'm like look you're the professional here my guy that's it so that that's some business advice right there if you want to appear like a pro just carry around even if it's like the cheap 80 dollar super telephoto amazon lenses just slap it on and walk around dc instant clientele instant clientele it also really helps with, especially like, keep in mind, even if they just don't know, um, just having that security, especially if they're paying you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially yeah. if they're paying you a pretty penny, too. Like, can you imagine you pull up in a fucking A60, like A6600 to do <laughs> yeah. your corporate uh, your corporate interviewer testimonials. Mm-hmm. When you're filming your CEO and he's like just sitting there. He's going to have in the back of his mind, like, I'm over here getting filmed with this bullshit. Yeah, with this <laughs> so, and that could affect, like, your actual shoot. Mixed yeah. mixed a bag, actually, and I can say this from experience, some people are really intimidated by large cameras. That's true. So yeah. when you, yeah, when you coach that, yeah. them up a bit, that's actually where these mirrorless cameras that cinematographers love to shit on, mm-hmm. that's where they come in clutch because you just tell them, hey, look, it's you know I got the camera right here. Nothing crazy. Be yourself. And they feel a lot more comfortable than seeing like this giant thing in a cage <laughs> with a fans a, blaring. A, a, a red camera with the lights and shit. Yeah, yeah. With, yeah. The, with the big lights. You just yeah. do like a little practical, maybe just like one little a room light or something yeah. like that. I, I, and you're I, good I talked to go. about this at a, in, a, in another podcast where like sometimes it could be a little extra where like photographers I know this and they kind of like overuse it or overdo it he's talking about me right now no 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 on. i was on, <laughs> no, I, I was, uh, I was like on another shoot i was i was there just doing be- not even behind the scenes i was just kind of hanging out because the, the client that was getting pictures taken of she's like can you come over and just take some pictures and everything all right cool and then i saw the other photographer what they were doing and they were like just doing the most mm. like they got two flashes like two huge flashes a back a background and everything and then she's like going like this like this getting on the ground like this i'm like okay I, I mean, I get it. Like, get your bag, yeah, you know, like yeah, get your money. Yeah, yeah. But it's like none of this matters. And she's like doing, she's doing this right here. Like, okay. Uh, oh, she did the thing. Yeah, she yeah, did the- yeah. I was like, okay, <laughs> that does nothing. <laughs> Literally, it just, looks, it just looks cool to the to the layman person, right? What focal <laughs> length are you? This is like a, oh, actually, fun fact. <laughs> fun fact. Fun fact. This is probably a fifty millimeter <laughs> camera. This is probably a fifty millimeter angle of you when you put your thumb and finger together yeah. to kind of make that square frame. For anyone who's not watching. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, you 50 touch frames your, is like the closest to our eye, yeah. right? Yeah. It's yeah. between 50 and 85 yeah. or something, <laughs> but like uh, it's so funny like you don't realize this until you start doing yeah, this. You're yeah. like, "Why did we ever do this?" <laughs> <laughs> just to look cool. Oh, Cuz that's, that's the thing too. It's like what you guys are saying is just like, you know, it's, you got to present yourself in a way where it makes them feel comfortable in paying you. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? So that's why, you know, some people some people just overdo it, which is fine, you know, you do your thing or whatever. If it makes you more money in the long run, who cares? Right. It's your, it's your money. It's your bag. But like after me, I work with a lot of natural light and maybe a flash Mm -hmm. here occasionally, but because of my, just because I just 
always done street photography. Yeah. But like when I see that kind of stuff, I'm like, damn. So this is what really what this is what it really is out here. Like yeah. this is this is really the business. <laughs> it's all it, it's all about just figuring out like understanding the situation that you're really in. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, definitely. Like you can't just like for a collaboration if it's just something that I'm doing that's a little artsy. Um, you know, nobody's making any money off of this. Uh, I, you know, I am not dragging along a whole like Pelican case with everything and (laughs) the C stands and all that to a shoot outdoors. I'm just not going to do that, (laughs) you know, but for some people, like if it's like a shoot or something, Mm -hmm. cool. Or if you have a creative vision that just demands all that, well, yes, that's 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 what makes sense. But, but if, if if you're like, just not like, just not the forty Spider Man poses while you're right. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, like you know, shots. you could see through like as, as another. As, well, I guess I, I I guess the best way to put it is like as a as an experienced photographer, you kind of see the bullshit. Yeah, you know, you can you can kind of see through the bullshit. Be like, okay, you don't have to do all that. I mean, yeah. maybe they don't know what they're doing, and and, and that's fine. You know, they if they got their client, they got their client, and if the photos come out how they want them to, then it, that's fine. Who cares? It's just like it's just like damn. Do you really need to do all that though? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's like you said though. It's it depends on. I guess just kind of like how they want to present themselves mm-hmm. with the client. Um, I used to pick up some side gigs from Craigslist as a second shooter. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, some of the stuff that I saw from the first shooters were just like really far out there. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm similar to you or I prefer to use natural light. I do know how to use like strobes and mm-hmm. stuff because I shoot products for a living. Yeah. Um, my favorite is carrying one and then using a mix of ambient and and like fill yeah. light and stuff. Yeah. That's where I get like my favorite photos. We're always done with that. To make it look but, as natural as possible. Exactly. You know? yeah. 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 So I don't want to make it look super staged or mm-hmm. like they're cut out through light because they have like 40 different lights <laughs> right. firing at them yeah. at the same time. <laughs> Plus it can but, be intimidating to some people too. Yeah. That That's yeah. another thing. Plus yeah. you, if you're outdoors, there are permitting issues, sometimes not even permitting issues, but if people see you setting up, I've had strangers approach me and say, do you have a permit for that? Oh my God. I don't know if that's because I'm brown or, yeah, no, I, or I, anything I, I like mean, that. I'd be but, willing uh, to guess that, and that that might be part of it. Yeah, maybe it's the beard. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, no, like when I'm doing just regular photography with a camera, completely unbothered. As a matter of fact, when I first started out, when I first moved down here, had I known this would be popular years Wait, later. You moved, you, moved down, you moved down here from where? Uh, I, I'm originally from North Jersey. Okay. Yeah, okay. North Jersey, New York area. So I grew up in Clifton. Went to school Patterson, spent a lot of time in the Bronx. True. And then that was part of the whole me, like, kind of going, hey, there's something else that, to do. So, boop. <laughs> Blitz down here while I was working remote, long before remote was the standard with Distractify and just kind of uh, trying to figure out stuff. But when I first came down here, I actually used to do street portraits. Where nice. I'd approach people, I'd be like, hey, you know, I'm just uh, walking around, trying out some different angles and, and whatnot. Like your outfit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, a lot of people were like, you know they were happy they're like yeah uh especially they get like a photo sent to them for free there were some families that they'd see it they'd ask me for that and it led to some work um i caught like a surprise engagement one time which was super random in old town alexandria (laughs) it it was such a bad photo but at the same time like i I don't even know where the original file is i want to find it so i can edit it the way that i do nowadays but it was such a special thing it was like something that wasn't content which is a whole other topic at the same time content versus everything else which i will rant (laughs) on for hours but uh it was it was a lot of fun and that is actually why even though i'm a videographer and i introduce myself as a videographer typically photography holds a very special place in my heart Mm -hmm. that video uh, and i love and adore video but it can't reach because you can't print a video you can't hang it up you can't 
give it to some you can give it to someone as a gift but it's very different where it's something that they put in their house and they right. go in and they see and stuff unless you have a projector and just play it on the loop i mean <laughs> you got that kind of clientele money i think yeah, you're doing right. pretty well right there <laughs> or just put it on a usb put it on their tv and just have it on you know <laughs> perpetual loop yeah. that's what grandparents will do that's what grandparents will do that's why that's why i don't get married uh, i don't get mad at them for taking video uh at weddings and stuff mm -hmm. because uh, people don't know this but those are the videos that the grandparents will watch 5,000 times <laughs> and send to everyone on WhatsApp and post to yep. Facebook 4,000 yeah. times instead of resharing it <laughs> and take a screen cap as their profile picture that's super blurry and stuff. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like 29 kilobytes of... <laughs> it, it's so wholesome, though. It's so wholesome. But then you see, like, the ranch, like, if you're not going to just get it. Like, it's part of what it is now. Just, you know, stop up your aperture and just grab a photo of the phones and then raise it up and grab the shot of them. You have permission mission to walk up they don't I, I, was, I was at this wedding lol lots of love <laughs> uh, what corporate decision was that one but no you you yeah. brought up a really interesting point let's let's go in let's go there with a content oh, versus oh, oh yeah, do you want to open this can yeah, of worms yeah, let's go there yeah because i'm, I'm because, uh, yeah we i've because i've had <laughs> numerous conversations about this uh with my girlfriend and, and i and a couple of other people too where it's just like me personally like i like I've done, I'm do like I do this now, like mm -hmm. as my job. Like before, I didn't, um, especially now with the way that social media is and how everybody's kind of like Instagram is essentially abandoned the photography community. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's it's so. Also, thoughts on that we'll get into. It's later. so interesting now, like where I go into, like I I try to think of like what do I want to post or what do I want to do, and. I know what could work, like what could get me like engagement. Low, you, you know the low hanging fruit. Yeah, I know. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly what it and is. And you know what? And even for my day job, like I, I have to do a lot of like content that is that low hanging fruit. And I'm just like, I don't want to do this shit. You know, like <laughs> yeah. I like this is just this is not fulfilling for me in the slightest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. sure. I know it's probably going to get some views or it's going to get some likes. Right. But am I doing a disservice? to myself like am i mm -hmm. wasting my time mm -hmm. creatively on as you said like this low-hanging fruit so mm -hmm. i guess you know give me your thoughts on that whole thing all right so i just actually want to maybe uh, play off what you just said a little bit can i ask your age first 28 28 i'm 36 so oh, yeah. two years younger than you uh, yeah i'm i'm an old man i'm the uh, i'm a very old I guess man I'm an old man too shit god damn <laughs> no it's just i uh, you, i act very immature unfortunately for my age same here <laughs> but so I remember back when uh, people used to just share moments on Instagram. And that's essentially, and you're going to see this with TikTok very soon as well. But essentially, that's how all of these media platforms work, where initially people, they tie personalities to it. They uh, build a community there. Um, they might even uh, build businesses there, which happened quite a bit on Instagram. But then what happens is after X number of years where the companies will either operate at a loss or not really break super even or make, you know, some marginal profits, then they're going to reel back that reach, mm -hmm. start charging ad space. And then in the case of Instagram or Facebook, I, I don't know if you guys know this, but they actually started um, copying Be Real for a new feature that's been rolled out. Be Real, for anyone who doesn't know, is an app where... It's a fairly popular app. It's been rising in popularity over the past year where you get a prompt at a certain time of day and it says you have to snap a photo right now of what you're doing. Huh. And it's kind of like that live in the moment type thing and people will share stuff like that. So you have like that's a actually small a really cool window. concept actually. Conceptually yeah. it's amazing and that's why it's gaining popularity, huh. but now Instagram 
um, which what they do, they borrow features from other places, try to make it their own, and that's how of they, course, they yeah, grow. And they're, and they're they they're super blatant about it. They don't give a damn. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, because <laughs> you can't you can't technically copyright or patent a visual process or anything. So they do everything kind of a little shittier. Like remember. Snapchat had those amazing AI filters, and Instagram came out with ones that were so bad they were memeable, which yeah. made them even funnier. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so that's like, damn, I don't, I don't even remember where where I got off this tangent. But yeah, so yeah, the the, the, the app, be real, and, and yeah, how, so, yeah. So be real is um, it's something that's growing, and it's kind of bringing some of that connection back. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen now that Instagram is like, oh, I'm going to do it. But that's what I remember social media apps being. And mm-hmm. then I saw it transform over time because I've been working in it for that long. Mm-hmm. Go from there to the very curated personas that a lot of millennials are guilty of mm-hmm. as yep. well. Uh, and I am a millennial. I don't want to hear anything from anyone. <laughs> this is like an evaluation <laughs> of our generation. Um, not, not, you know, blanket terms. Obviously, like this is a very blanketed statement, but at least what became very popular was a very curated aesthetic and then people would try to emulate that in their personal feeds to their 10 friends yeah like well yeah back in like 2014 man like if you were a street photographer you all your shit had to be like some really good shit and that like with no real personality to it just have it look like your favorite other street photographer which or your favorite other popular street photographer mm-hmm. like 13th witness and all that shit yeah and that and like new york was the mecca of street photography you had yeah. to make a trip out to new york and yeah. you wanted to get some really good street photography gotta get yeah. that brooklyn bridge shot <laughs> yeah exactly gotta get that, that oh, man i'm guilty of that shit too man <laughs> you know what isn't I'm, I'm trying to figure out when was do you remember what year instagram allowed you to mark locations <sighs> i don't i want to know I would, I would i would guess around 2015 2016. 20, it's something around yeah. there it might have been even 2014 actually because it was definitely before the harambe area I say that <laughs> everything to me that's how i measure time that's how i measure time it's pre pre and post harambe pre and post think of how crazy life got <laughs> after harambe died i don't know what he was guarding us from but when he, he died those harambe gates open man <laughs> Loki, he was just jesus and then we just killed him off yeah <laughs> we're living we're living in the year five ah <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, rest his soul, My, our beautiful prince. Oh Lord, oh man. But no, I I, re- I remember like after locations was added in, like there was such a tonal shift with Instagram, because I mean influencers and and I guess that that lifestyle of or or that that method of posting like the best parts, the highlights of your life, and you know trying to create this image for yourself on Instagram. Um, it was a thing early in like in the apps like life, mm-hmm. but I remember that escalated like once everybody started finding like locations like, oh, I got to go to that little spot in the Grand Canyon. I got to go to oh, Banff. And, and, I got to go. Too. Yeah. Bandos yeah. 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 For a while. And it was like and, and I just remember that's when all these different like that's when Instagram started experimenting with ads advertisers started to you know link up with people who had big followings on instagram not the birth of the influencer right there yeah yeah <laughs> so it's like it's very it's just very interesting to see that life because i remember i was there for the early days of instagram i mean well i don't know it was like 2012 2011 right pre-purchase oh, yeah yeah. 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 yeah i remember downloading yeah. that shit and i was like i mean 
but then you could only take pictures on your phone. Yeah, you couldn't, yeah. You couldn't import anything. It was we, all we, just on your phone. We talked we put about like this. seven yeah. of those filters and yeah. all that stuff. <laughs> we on. talked about this on the show like way way back. But mm-hmm. I remember like we there was a time where if you if you actually went out of your way to put like photos on Instagram that weren't taken on the app. You were looked at as like, why, why are you being so extra? Yeah, you know. Because I was, I was that guy. Because <laughs> I had a little disposal. Because I, I remember I was the guy when I was like, when I was like out of high school, I was that guy who always had like a, a Sony uh, CyberShot. They had like the nicest Sony CyberShot at the time. So I was always taking pictures like off of a phone because I was trying to tell my friends like, y'all don't realize those fucking phone cameras suck. <laughs> <laughs> So I would like take You're those. Like Give it a decade. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. For this real, I was a camera hipster. Yeah, Instagram for real. Hipster. Yeah, with my cyber shot. <laughs> <laughs> didn't those have to? Didn't that, the, that's the, vintage now. Didn't those have the the, the weird SD Me- cards? Memory or? stick duo. Yeah, 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 that, yeah. yeah. I have PTSD they, from those. I'll never forget like, yeah. those purple if you sticks. Lost it, you lost that. You can't. Uh, You're done. Yeah. You're paying money for <laughs> a replacement, man. You might as well just buy a new camera because I remember I'm I would glad, get them for like a hundred bucks. I'm glad that we now have a standard of just SD card at least all the way. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. But um, yeah, I remember like I would post a photo and, I, and, my, and my, my friends would be like, you, why didn't you take this? Like, why aren't you just taking it on your phone? And then I'd post it on Instagram. We're like, oh, that looks so cool. How do you do that? And I was like, for the fucking camera. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I remember like it, it was it was just pure just bullshit. Like you either post, you know, whatever it is you're eating mm-hmm. for the day with your or you're hanging out with your friends or you get to this other side where it's like getting super, I guess, artsy. And I started noticing a lot of like traditional photographers transitioning over to Instagram. And then that's when you get the whole like, oh, all the celebrities are on it or all the, the lifestyle thing, oh, influencers uh, are on it. I guess another another aspect of it, too, was like when whenever, especially for me, like I never came at photography as like, oh, I, I, when I when I first thought about photography or whenever or whatever, I don't, I don't even know how to explain this, but. It almost it almost felt like an old person thing to do, photography. Mm. You know what I mean? It never it never struck me personally. I don't know how it is for anybody else, but for me personally, um, it wasn't until like 2013 and, and everything where I started taking some started taking some decent pictures JPEG because I didn't even know how to, I didn't even know how to shoot raw <laughs> or edit. So I was like I just try to get the best picture I could out, out straight out the camera. But and then it, and then Instagram kind of gave me that platform of being like okay, well I guess I could just post this here. And then that's when I kind of really ventured into the whole street photography thing and seeing all these popular street photographers doing these great shots of, you know, sunsets and, you know, just street shit and everything like that. And something in it, some, something in me clicked. I was like, OK, so photography is actually kind of cool now. You know, for me, I never clicked. I never I never thought as thought of it as something cool. I just thought it's like, OK, these are photos. You know what I mean? Like yeah. but Instagram kind of changed the perspective on that. And I and I drink that fucking Kool-Aid, boy. Let me tell you, I drink that fucking Kool-Aid, and I was like, okay, this is it. I, I'm just taking pictures for Instagram. If it's not Instagram worthy, I'm not. Ain't worth it. it. <laughs> that's such a funny phrase to hear all these years later. Instagram worthy. Yeah. yeah. That's so funny because now everything I view is like if it's not print worthy, like like this thing over here, I, I'll yeah. carry it around with me when I I'm looking for something to print. What is that? What, what you what, what so, you got going on there? What's that? Oh, so uh, funny enough, these are my two like main print cameras. So. On one hand, I've got a Fuji uh, GFX 100S. Wait, is that medium format, that one? Yep. Oh, damn. Medium damn, format. this is actually the first time I've seen one of those in person. <laughs> yeah, medium format camera. It's I've been a Fuji shooter. I switched over to my biggest investment was the X-T3 in that ecosystem four years Shit. ago. That thing is huge. 
Uh, it's a big that, boy. That, yeah, that lens yeah. is thick. It's a thick boy. <laughs> Three C's minimum. That's a thick ass boy. Right uh, <laughs> but it's uh, I mean, I love the quality. The, the files oh, edit really well. Damn. Yeah. Well, you got to think those uh, those focal lengths. What's the what's the uh, uh, conversion between I full frame and? I think it's on this one specifically. It's point seventy seven or point seventy one. Mm, okay. So this is like not exactly a. 1.2 aperture it's like a 1.4 or something but because yeah. of how the fall off the bokeh fall off and everything is it looks phenomenal mm. not that i always shoot wide open although why do we buy fi fast lenses so we can shoot <laughs> wide open yeah <laughs> but uh i love the detail when you especially when you're doing landscape or you're doing something where there's like a lot of detail that's worth keeping in behind them um i do love this camera for it uh, funny enough, from a digital perspective, not really a massive difference when it comes to portraits between this and my X-T3. And even though I... was 80. Yeah, so it's like a 55-ish or something. There we go. Oh, Got nice. my good side. It's going to be my new LinkedIn photo. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's crazy, though. So I... I'm super fascinated by what Fuji is doing with the medium format side yeah. of things. Yeah, they, making, like, ma really, making it affordable. Yeah. Making it affordable was See, huge. I have, I have, I have pioneered this statement, and you will say, <laughs> I will, I will, I will die on this hill. That I think. So, you know how the the format for for new photographers and video or people who are getting into this business would be, you know, oh, go ahead and get started on an APS-C camera like we did, you know, like something cheap. Uh, but because with all these mirrorless cameras and full frame getting a lot cheaper and cheaper, uh, here. with full frame cameras getting a whole lot cheaper and right, cheaper. I remember, I remember full frame being such a, so, so out of yeah, my Yeah, like it was, it's like, it's not even fathomable, <laughs> like, you know, but now you have cameras that are going for like, le like even on yeah, the used market, you can get cameras for like less than, dog, less can, than a thousand dollars. Yeah. You can get an a seven two. You can get a, you can get an a seven two for like 800 bucks these days. Yeah. With yeah. a, with a kit lens yeah. most likely yeah. too. Mm -hmm. I paid $2,500 for my shit with a kit lens. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like I remember, so with the with with all that in mind, I really do think that the new wave is going to be like, oh, that's oh right. we talked, yeah, 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 I really yeah. do think like, oh, full frame is basic. I mean, mirror, I mean, medium <laughs> format, all these fucking formats, medium <laughs> format is the new full frame. And I feel like almost like I, 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 I'd rather steer new photographers in the direction of these cheaper full frame cameras instead of going APS-C. So oh, I, because you want to give a medium format before them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have <laughs> thoughts on this because so the full frame discussion was something that I never understood as someone who always um, shot on APS-C. Mm -hmm. I consciously went with the Fujifilm system over the Canon EOS R. That's what I was waiting for before making the jump from the EOS M. Cause I started out as a Canon shooter. EOS R kind of, not good. <laughs> well, four, like like five years ago, five or four they, years ago yeah, when, when it came, came out, out yeah. like the RF system, like the RF glass is right now in a class of its own, along with the new uh, Nikon glass. Yeah. Um, but even the crazy but even the the, the meta bones on on to, to for your old Canon glass, isn't it like super not like responsive it's not like as fast as a, uh, no. well, obviously it wouldn't be built no it, it, i mean i don't know about the eos r specifically but i mm. do know that everything uh, for reference for everyone i shoot on canon uh, r5c's right now but the older ef glass performs better mm. with the adapter on the newer stuff and i'm assuming that's because of the processing algorithms and probably oh and the, maybe and the... with updates in time and stuff but like slow glass like if you have the old ef 85 millimeter one two do not expect that to suddenly focus <laughs> very very well at all or i, I, I like can already that. imagine that sounds mm -hmm. loud as shit <laughs> yeah it's it's, it's a, that was a hard focusing lens i had that one when i had the 70d 
and then trying to shoot sports and stuff. Um, I guess just to touch back, um, after the whole trying to figure out the camera with uh, Casey Neistat and like, oh, let me do vlogs. Um, instead of being a trooper and like saying I'm going to double down and learn this stuff, I put it back in the box and on the shelf for like eight months. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I, I was interested in strongman at that point. I was competing in Olympic weightlifting, mm-hmm. um, but strongman was something that was always super cool. And I found wait, hold on, out. you said you were competing, like you were, you were. Yeah, so so I compete. Uh, I competed years back. I wasn't very good. But oh, I couldn't I, tell, man. I, I, I... <laughs> it's, it's a really good. It's a really good shirt. Really good shirt. I eventually transitioned to strongman though, because that's more fun to like pull trains and like True. lift stones and stuff. But I I went to take photos because. Um, I had like a vacation days I had to burn and up in Lake Placid, that's where the Olympics were held, the Winter Olympics in like the 80s. So I figured, let me do a nice trip. And I went up there and I took photos and I saw guys deadlifting seven, 800 pounds. I'm like, I can't believe no one damn. knows about this. That's crazy. And they're like, that's like, that's heavy it, as it, shit. It's a lot. Yeah. And, and, damn. and they were like, oh yeah, this is like normal for people in the sport, but nobody knows about these amateur rankings. So I said, all right, I'm going to do photos at these things. Makes sense. The photos, and then eventually when I got into video, I started doing videos, and then gradually I became more and more known, and now I'm at World's Strongest Man every year producing social content for SBD, linking up with the Endeavor team that uh, they run all the social channels and everything for there. Yeah. You know, chill with the production crew, uh, <laughs> with the athletes and everything. Like, it's super cool. And a couple of the athletes I knew before they went pro and stuff nowadays too. So all that from picking up a camera. Literally changed the trajectory of my that's life. A, that's another conversation too. Just like, like what what you experience just by being a photographer and yeah. just being there and and like that. <laughs> see, just being there is a really big thing yeah. though. Yeah. Just being there is a huge part yeah. of uh, sometimes moving ahead. Yeah, I've and been, be being willing to do something. I've which, been I've been to a lot of nice places and a lot yeah. of like fancy things and <laughs> a lot of different weird things just because I'm a photographer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of wacky. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's like yeah you talked to you, you i think we talked about it on our last episode yeah. but you went to you went to another polo game yeah so yeah i went to I, yeah. I saw you post it i saw you post it yeah like yeah. when ever when would i ever be at a polo game yeah it is like, such a just, rich people's just, sport just think about like i mean well you i know you like yeah. just think like maybe two three years ago no you know? never never <laughs> never would have thought never in a million years and i'm there to, and i'm there for work i'm getting paid to do this amazing shit. yeah <laughs> that's, but it's like and because like, i've also been to cancun because of photography nice. i've been to new orleans because of photography i've been to uh florida for photography just like in general it's like it's it's uh it it almost gives you like it, at some point the imposter syndrome kind of kind of settles in a little bit it's like Am I really working? Because I, I come from blue collar work. You know, yeah, you know what I mean. Same. So, so it's like you know, I like it's like, am I really working? Is this really it? Is this my life right yeah. now? Like, is this? <laughs> damn. Okay, I guess it is. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> and a funny thing. So I have to when I say this, I I say this to myself as well. We do have to remember that when the imposter syndrome does settle in, remember how much work went into actually learning this stuff and how different what you put out is from other people who will hold the same exact piece of equipment Mm -hmm. or better equipment. Yeah. It's something that has to stay at the forefront of your mind, especially if you weren't traditionally educated in this stuff. I learned everything for photo and video on YouTube at 29. (laughs) Like the the, definitely YouTube university. I I feel like they should print me out a certificate and stuff, but yeah, that imposter syndrome, uh, it's got to go away because that'll just lead to more opportunities for us. Like that's super cool that you managed to to go out on those trips. That's awesome. Yeah. Polo is, uh, polo is an amazing sport. And and the 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 core the core body that these people need to have mm. to not only 
ride the horse, but go under and 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 hit the goddamn this the, the ball is like this this size right here, and they have to hit it, and still be like I bro I'm like man I I don't know how they do it. Shout, Wait, shout out to them. When you photograph, so you had to photograph the actual like event, like the actual game. No, well, not particularly, but I did the first time I went. Okay. The the second time I was there because I had to shoot. Uh, I had to shoot some stuff for uh, loan officer. Do they have photogenic horses? Yes, they do. Okay, because some horses be ugly. <laughs> those, those are the ones that go viral, though. <laughs> yeah, right. those are the ones that go viral. It's but, like, damn, that shot's fire, but my horse. But there, horse. But there, there, there was a moment where I was just standing there. I was like, yo. Like twenty a twenty six year old me never would have thought I'd be here on a polo field. I never the the even the the sport polo never even crossed my mind. I know the shirts and shit, obviously, and there's like you know okay yeah people ride around in horses, but there's a really weird there's like a really cool sub like subculture of polo, and obviously mm. they they have a lot of money because they gotta have at least eight horses at a time. To, and, <laughs> yeah 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 exactly. They 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 ride they they. Uh, I I don't know the terminology. Redundancy. Yet. Redundancy. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because they can only run. They can only ride the horses like I think five minutes at a time or seven minutes at a time. I yeah. And then this. and then and then from there they take a quick little five ten minute break and then they get on a new horse and come back in, and then the, I think the each match, I don't know the I, I I don't know all the all the rules yet because I was so just I was just fascinated by just being there, and being around that many horses I was just like yo, I've not, like I've always driven by them. Maybe I've seen one at a at a at a at a, at a petting zoo or some shit like that when I was a kid. Maybe, but man, when I seen them, I then you know I was able to touch it and pet it, and then they're like, "Oh, the ears are up. It means it likes you." That's the thing. That's a, like you know, that's like a that's like the a dog tail wag. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> so I was like, "Damn, okay, dang, this thing is huge." Like no wonder, no wonder we were fascinated by them as as cavemen. You know, like you know, oh, yeah. I see that fucking. Thing. I want to ride that fucking thing. <laughs> I mean, a- anyone who lives is still fascinated. I wish I had the quad development that those things did, man. You bring up a very interesting idea. You bring up a very interesting scenario. What was the first mounting of a horse? Right. What yeah. was the thought process behind that? I want to ride that. Yeah. <laughs> no, because even I, like even me, like me as somebody that's not like in, like into horses at all, the first thing when I when I first pet a horse and it was friendly to me, I was like, man. Get on this motherfucker real quick. <laughs> Let's see where we can go. That's, I love it. Absolutely maybe after some mushrooms, it. maybe. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, was, I just wanted to say that you know, with photography, you get you get exclusive access to a lot of shit that yeah. other people just don't. Yeah. Just because you're good at what you do, and like what you, to your point, you know, I treat uh, everything that I've done up until now, it's basically like like a four or five year uh, free college. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. I've, I've gotten my Great skills. approach, actually. Yeah. 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 And then, and then I've, I've, I've gotten it down to where, where people know that I'm good. I know that I'm good. It's just sometimes when it's like when it's like an, an, something that's overwhelming, it's like, God, I can't believe I'm here. Yeah. That imposter syndrome hits me a little bit. But then after, I was like, after a while, I was like, no, nah, man, I'm good at what I do. Fuck that. And that's the energy you have to bring yeah. to this shit yeah. every single day. Yeah. And it, it really is. It really yeah. is. And, you know, for us, especially anyone who works in the media space or the production space, I like to call it, um, we are constantly learning, too. The second yeah. you stop learning is when you're just like, all right, you're done. Yeah. For the most part. Like, Pierre, uh, video is a recent endeavor for you. No, it's, it's for, been um, 
I did I did video. I started off with video, and then I did photography for a while. Oh, we're opposites. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, because I, I did a I did a I did a really shitty video, when, and it and it hurt my ego so bad because it was like so bad. <laughs> and, I, and, and I was like, no, fuck this. I gotta learn the eye. I gotta learn composition. I gotta learn how to do this. So then I then I picked up photography, and that's why I started Street Me because I wanted to learn a little bit more, a lot more about photography. So that way, I, it would that would translate over into video. Yeah, I've, I've always yeah, been more yeah, into yeah. video, but. Photography is a lot easier for me now, but video is always something that's always been kind of closer to me. That's <laughs> actually super cool to know. Yeah, I feel like yeah, I, I feel I, like I, we I, just <laughs> strengthened our bond here right now. With that, that statement. Yeah, no, because I used to do a lot of music videos for all these local rappers. Nice, you know, and 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 then I I did a personal like you know like a travel video like I usually do mm-hmm. anytime I go anywhere, and it was just ass, and I was like, <sighs> and then like it just kind of brought me down. I was like, all right, no, no, no. I know there's a my camera does photography too. I don't really take a lot of pictures, but I, I guess I should learn how to at least composition my shit, mm. and that'll translate over to video. So now here I am. <laughs> You're not truly a creative until you hate yourself at least a yeah. couple yeah. of times. Yeah. That's how you know. Yeah. It's, funny you, you know it's funny you bring up the travel yeah. video. That was always that was my humble point too. It was like <laughs> there's a big trip coming up. It's like oh I'm gonna get the whole thing on video. Yep. And then you go home and the video is like shaky as hell, <laughs> terrible quality, yep. Yep. grainy, everything, <laughs> nothing's in focus. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. That that's that's what, yeah, and that, that's what kind of made me think, rethink everything, and that's why I started Street Meat because of that. So yeah. that that's so funny. So Street Meat for me, um, not to go off tangent, but I feel like it's relevant considering who everyone here is. Street Meat for me was a massive, massive, massive skill builder. Nice. Huge skill Love builder for photography. But what, when I tell you this, I mean that if you saw my portraits and photos pre-Street Meat, there were more, I, I wouldn't even call them documentary style. They were just like really shitty edits at the <laughs> attempt and whatnot. I didn't edit my first set of photos until, until the first Street Meet I went to which I didn't even know was a group. I thought it was just a, an event called Street Meet. It was like in Silver Spring maybe five or six years ago. Wow, it was a while one, back. Yeah. It was oh, a yeah. while back. And then I ran into you guys again at the wharf maybe two years later. Mm-hmm. That's where I met someone who uh, I, we still shoot every now and then. Her, her na- wow. Every now and then. My English has failed me. <laughs> uh, her name's Shula. And she really spent a lot of time with me. I asked her, I'm like, look, I've never edited photos before. She's like, yeah, well, uh, you know, I'm just trying to model and take some photos. I'm like, cool. Can you be honest about and give me honest feedback and let me rework the edits mm-hmm. to get some real feedback? And I really do appreciate this is why I'll still like shoot. She has like were, a were you, a, were you a watermark guy back then? Uh, back then, no. Oh, okay. Back then, no. But before that, I was. <laughs> before that, I was for events I would cover. Oh, and I, I, see, I, see. I stopped, yeah, yeah. I oh, stopped that, doing that watermarks. Yeah. Yeah. I stopped doing watermarks because I feel like it took away from the actual yeah, photos. It does. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it really does. They really were eyesores. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like a lot of people, especially now when you develop a style, a lot of people will recognize your editing style. Mm-hmm. It's, also, style it's also redundant. I mean, once you post on Instagram, it's not yours anymore anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and like if someone's paying you, by the way, I will die on this hill. If someone is paying you, especially if it's a client, especially if it's someone you want to maintain a relationship with, um, don't want to mark your stuff. Yeah, I feel like it's a, such an ego thing, but I, I, yeah. I mean, I could go into that a lot yeah. deeper, but yeah, as you were saying. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, but yeah, so so with her, um, she gave me real feedback first time around. She's like, yeah, these are, this is not my skin color. It's like orange. <laughs> Tossed on some, some preset there. <laughs> Worked it out. And then as you toned t- too much. Yeah. <laughs> 
but yeah, like as time Tongs. progressed, I went to more of these. I learned how to dodge and burn. And then I really like I paid someone for some digital lessons. I'm like, look, I want to learn how to edit better. And now, like, you know, now I, I feel like my photos have gotten to a really nice place. I've nice. taken some portraits that I really, really do like um, for some of them. I'll actually print them out. Uh, like there's a, a one girl, Megan, who her mom comes with her to the events when they go and shoot and everything. Is that Lioness Lonnie? No, 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 no. 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 Uh, me and her actually work together, which we did. Oh, really? We <laughs> met before we we worked together, which is crazy. Oh, really? Super <laughs> random. Super <laughs> random. Um, I, we took cherry blossom photos earlier this year, and I actually printed out a photo for her mom. Mm-hmm. Um to give to her because I've given these photos to some of the others, especially the younger, more impressionable kids who their parents were there. Cause obviously they're worried. They're like, who are all these weird people taking photos of you? Right. <laughs> uh, I give them the prints and they, they absolutely love the photos. Of like, they, yeah. they, like I went to one of their houses like three years later or something just to, uh, we were going to go somewhere together to shoot something. And I stepped in for a cup of water and I saw that photo years later, right when you walk in hanging in the hallway, I was like, wow, that is awesome. Here's one like in real life from me. Zuckerberg isn't going to get this, this emotion. But yeah, yeah, that, that, that stuff was pretty cool. I mean, I I love street meat for what it's done for me creatively. And then also a lot of the people I've uh, networked with a lot of the creatives, which for the longest time, was, it was hard for me to even call myself a creative because I view myself as a very technical person. Yeah. But it, yeah. Um, working with some of the people, talking with some of the people has helped me kind of branch out from the very rigid uh, mindset uh, yeah. that I typically came in with. And I feel like I've developed um, professionally and personally in a very positive direction as a result of these engagements. So really thank you and thank everyone else hey, for man, putting those for coming on. Out. I mean, that's kind of why I started. That's, that's, I love that's them. exactly the reason I started this thing. Yeah. How long have you been coming? <laughs> Consistently, I want to say three to three and a half years. But that okay. one Silver Spring uh, meet from years back was when I was living in Maryland. And that's right after I did from New York. Uh, again, I didn't even know it was. I actually think I recognize – Sway was there for the longest time, or no? Yeah, yeah he was there. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah so we I were, think I recognized yeah. him at one of the other ones. I'm like, is this the same guy? Because we had some <laughs> conversation or something there. And then, so, and then, like um, very recently, maybe a couple of meets ago, someone was talking about that meet from years back. Yeah. Because we were planning on going to Silver Spring again, uh-huh. which for a, a recent one. Mm-hmm. And, and so I asked, I'm like, was this like? this other part of town by chance or anything I'm like yeah I'm like shit we met a long ass <laughs> time ago <laughs> i always love to see that because sometimes there are moments where people are like holy shit you were here like a long time ago nice to see you again uh, I, yeah. I just ran into you guys i had no idea there was anything or anything i was just out trying That's to like, take photos and yeah. stuff. <laughs> we've had we've had several of those happen we're like oh i was just out here taking pictures you guys yeah. are out here too yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, that's dope though. I'm glad that you're able to learn a lot from Street Me. Like I always, I always tell people, like, hey, look, um, especially those who are a little bit nervous, or they mm. don't, or or maybe they just prefer to be a little bit more low key about shooting, or they or they feel some type of way about shooting in an environment where everybody is like kind of packed in. You know, we get a, a whole bunch of different styles that come up to Street yeah. Me, but it's always like, look, it's really cool for people, especially that are new to this, to come in because there's like no pressure. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like no pressure on trying to figure out um, like 
how to pose somebody, for instance, mm-hmm. because you get models who come up who are they don't very know what they're doing either. You know, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Or you get, or even if on the model side, like you pop in and there's like probably other models there who are who can give you that guidance, or there will be at least one photographer in that crowd who will know how to kind of direct the shoot a little bit mm-hmm. better. Yeah, you know, and, and you that's them. another thing yeah. I learned yeah. too. I learned how to direct shoots. Otherwise, yeah. I was one of those. The quiet types. I, believe it or not, I was one of those very timid people you're describing. <laughs> and this would be me, like, okay. <laughs> Next <laughs> one. <laughs> Next pose. And now it's like, all right, let me uh, touch your head a little this way. No, but the best part is, here. like, there's no competition. You know what I mean? It's no, like no, that, that, everybody, that everybody's there to just do the, do the same thing that everybody else is doing. And, you know, hopefully everybody gets the same or gets a, a great shot. And that's, uh, you know, like I was saying before, it's like that's why I started is because – I made a shitty video and I was like, I need to get better at photography because I feel like that's going to help out. And people felt the same way. Like, just, I just want to get better at this shit too. And we all happen to, you know, because <laughs> 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 I went to a meetup.com thing one time and uh, I did not feel welcome there. It was like a bunch of middle-aged dudes. Mm. And, you know, they, you know, a lot of the times they, they, these people feel like you might be taking opportunities from them. And it's like, that's not, this is not my vibe. Yeah, no. I feel that. Also, yeah. fun fact, I don't care what anyone says. Those are the ones with the weirdos, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Those are the yeah. ones with the weirdos. Yeah. I went to one. I will never go to another yeah. one ever again. Yeah. Yeah. I had the same experience. I was like, nah, this uh, ain't for me. <laughs> yeah. I, I have the same thing with, like, a bunch of Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my big thing. Like, there's a lot of Facebook groups where you would think, like, the model is the same, where it's like, oh, we're trying to be a community. But no, it's it's just a bunch of people who are looking for the cheapest work possible. There's mm-hmm. a lot of there's a lot of like people who are looking for photographers that join, you know, mm. with I guess that pretense. But I don't know, like barriers of entry to joining Facebook groups nowadays is like nothing. Yeah, you just say you're interested, and now suddenly like is in is you know in that community and is just fishing for like the cheapest photographers they can get. Yeah, I mean the race to the bottom is gonna get you bottom tier results. That's really. I how always it tell is. people that. Yeah, I always tell people it's like you're gonna get what you pay for. You know, mm-hmm. and also like just to kind of like pull off from that a little bit, um, photographers need to like understand that there's a there's 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 a level of pacing when it comes to like doing this as a business. You know, because we I like I love to promote people who are who are you know about their shit and they want to charge accordingly for their work, but you also have to understand that you know there's tiers. You know. So with experience, yeah, you're not going to charge $100 for a shoot. Um, but I guess what I'm trying to go with here is that there should never be a stagnation in your work. Yeah. You know, it's always like, yeah, like I got, you know, X amount of years, but don't be that guy who is, you know, suddenly the expertise on everything photo, video, and you're not improving on your skills <laughs> yeah. on a day-to-day basis. Oh, that's all basis. for me on this podcast, folks. I'll catch you next time. <laughs> no, jokes, jokes. I know what you mean. A lot a lot of people in the creative space, I feel like, have horrible business acumen. Yeah. And, you know, like this was me for the longest time. Mm-hmm. I'm still something I'm working on uh, as I'm trying to go, like, full independent. Uh, but it's, uh, it's a skill set that you don't realize you have to cultivate as a creative. And if you are a creative naturally, then this really does go – in the opposite direction of a lot of the stuff that comes naturally to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, that's a pretty real concern. And it, it's weird when people specialize on the low end of things. Um, I'm, I'm in the camp of, you know, how people complain about, Oh, everything's more accessible. So they're taking young uh, jobs from us. These young guys are charging nothing, taking jobs from us. Mm-hmm. No, 
those are the entry level gigs mm-hmm. because those some, are the jobs you probably don't even want. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. <laughs> Especially like you don't want to deal. Can you do an eight hour shoot for me for a hundred dollars. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> nah. Nah. <laughs> yeah. So so like you somebody know, else can do it. <laughs> you're supposed to refine your technique, your business acumen. Like if you've ever seen photos and wonder how the hell is this guy making money doing this, mm-hmm. it's because he's a good businessman. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a skill set that a lot of us creatives really need to work. Uh, and if you ever that's find real. yourself, that's, that's some real it, shit. it really yeah. is. Yeah. Um, and it's, and you have to remember that when you do this also, uh, this, this is a big piece of advice I give for a lot of, uh, the newer creatives always keep a personal project going because if you're just doing work, 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 work in the creative space, after a while you do begin to resent the, just everything about Ooh, it. Yeah. There was yeah. a time hey, this where guy's I, a fucking I fortune teller over here. Goddamn, because that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's a rough it's yeah. a rough thing to do, and that's actually why I love doing collaborative stuff with people. Yeah, um, I did one with Rose. That video will come out pretty soon. She's gonna send me a couple of the edits to overlay. I'd love to do something down the line with Street Meat, uh, just to kind of showcase the rest of the world exactly what it is. Because I've been around and I've seen these other groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not shade whatsoever, but this is the best group I've ever been an event as. It's very um, <laughs> uh, it's 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 so welcoming it's like when you see someone randomly from outside and you guys met out of me it's like instant chill mm-hmm. and, and everything everyone yeah. will introduce each other i always try to it's make really that clear nice. from the jump for, for everybody it's like this is the safest space you'll ever be where Absolutely. it's not gonna, it's never gonna be weird if you ask a question yeah it's never gonna be you, you can ask yeah. anybody anything or come to me. I don't give a damn. Like I'll, I'll there talk are no with dumb you. questions because we've all been there. Yeah, absolutely. Know? We've yeah, all that's, literally that's been really there. That's really the phrase yeah. right yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it's like, and you know, exactly like you, it's very funny that you bring this up too, because I'm at a point now where I don't even bother talking money at all. If it's, if it's something that is self-satisfying for me, like if it's something that I'm doing just out of pure creativity or collaborations, you know, if I'm working with portraits, especially mm-hmm. like most, I like most of the models, too. most of the models around here, if I'm doing something that is por- is a portrait or involves like, you know, using one of the models that comes to the street meets or, or whatever, people who are local, nine times out of 10, I'm not even going to bring up like the discussion of like, oh, I got to get paid for this. You know, right, right. I'm not I'm not fishing for that. You know, mm-hmm. like, what's the point? Like, this is something that I want to do. Right. So that should be the value in and of itself. You know, absolutely. I'm shorthanding myself. And also when it comes to building relationships, sometimes you have to pick and choose your battles because sometimes there could be somebody that I really, that I genuinely respect, you know, in this community mm-hmm. uh, that I could learn a lot from uh, who also I, we could do really good work together and you being like, all right, now let's talk compensation. That just kind of spoils the yeah, whole like, dynamic. Okay, so yeah. So what, what, what are we doing here? Is this <laughs> so, a business transaction or we create an art here? On the flip <laughs> side, on the flip side to that this is where I'm going to disagree <laughs> a little bit with you guys. Every time I bring on someone, I make sure to tell them you're going to get paid for this because I want them to get accustomed to getting paid mm. for being a second shooter and accustomed to being that collaborative thing because that's what keeps people in the space. A really weird thing in the creative space that a lot of people, and it's not even the newer people, it's the older people in the space who've mm. been working in photography and videography for years, is that they take on a scarcity mindset where if more people come come in, that's less work for me or they'll drive the prices down. This is such a wrong approach in the creative space because mm. no two people have the same vision for of anything. Yeah. Spec work is one thing. Spec work also is where creatives go to die, and that's yeah. a whole other topic <laughs> yeah, on that's itself. Whole other topic, yeah. But the idea of scarcity that if you help another person, another photographer, another videographer, 
that that's something being taken away from you, then you've actually lost th- probably the reason why you got into this to begin with. Damn, and yeah. some people do get into it because they want to treat it as a job, and that's totally fair. Mm-hmm. Some people, you know, they would turn yeah, wrenches. Some people have that acumen about them, yeah, yeah, about themselves. Yeah. Like, yeah, And so they can treat it as that nine to five. For a lot of us, like we're all about this. You mm-hmm. know, we're t- all about this, and that's why the communal aspect of it is great. Um, I have helped. I don't view any other photographers or cinematographers or production people as um, competitors. I never mm-hmm. have. Right. Uh, and I probably, it's very unlikely that I ever will. Right, right. Because there's a solution to every problem. And sometimes your solution isn't the solution that the team or company or a brand or whatever uh, needs to go with. And that's not a personal dig on you. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes they'll, uh, what'll happen is they'll get an end result they don't like, and they're like, "Oh, you know, let's go with you." I think we would have preferred to go that way, and that actually drives up value too. And if not, and you maintain that relationship, and you're not weird and like iffy about it, um, that's how networking happens too. Because maybe they'll refer you to one of their friends who likes right. this particular style, and they're like, "Oh, well, you know, I know the guy who did that." Or the photographer as well. I've given work to other photographers and videographers and vice versa mm-hmm. when we weren't able to cover or maybe it made more sense with the person's budget to go to their location or something like that uh, or vice versa. So there weren't like travel costs involved. And that's really how you build a professional network. That's a true professional network right there. So where, well, where well, nobody's really competing against each other. It's more yeah. so like, I can't do this thing here. Can you do it? Yeah. And, and then not, not have to worry about, oh, if I give it to this guy. He's going to steal all my business for sure. And and like that, just to tie back into what you were talking about, the compensation portion of it, there's nothing wrong with compensating for a creative endeavor, um, especially if there are costs involved now. Yes. Oh yeah. If if there are things like I will go out of my way, I will bring, if there's something I really want to shoot and it's someone I like, and I know they do good work. Another thing I take into consideration is it for collaborative stuff. Say Mm. you're going to meet up with a model they spend time doing their hair, time yeah. doing oh, their yeah. makeup, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. time and money. It's expensive, the just, clothing and all that stuff. Just to be clear, like, I mean, like, for myself is what I'm saying. Like, I'm not going to go out of my way and make sure that, like, oh, oh yeah. To, but if uh, you and I work together, I'm going to yeah. make sure your ass gets paid. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is fantastic. And But that energy, that energy you're bringing, 1,000%. I get it. Appreciate it. But I just, I'm always wary of, you're not a newer guy, but, like, just of the newer people. Of, like, letting them getting walked out, like, walked exactly. all over. Exactly. That's on. a yeah, concern. Yeah because i feel like a lot of us maybe did the free stuff for a little too long yeah while people that's, that's were making true. money off of it mm-hmm. and that's that's a, it's a rough learning it's a, curve it's a, it's a, it's very, a rough it's, learning it can't curve. be it can't be very predatory yes yeah, yeah. you know what i mean like because you think this might be your big break you know this, exactly this, this might be the the job that or the gig that you know kind of gets you yeah. discovered gets you, with, yeah. with, <laughs> with with companies entities like that brands yeah. oh no i'm full shark i'm yeah, not yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. good yeah yes. yeah you guys love to hear it yeah love yeah. to yeah. hear yeah. it if a company's like That's okay you guys <laughs> of my product no you guys got money you can pay me something exactly something for my time and give, exactly. give me that shit for free i ain't returning shit exactly <laughs> that's exactly how it is though that's yeah. exactly how yeah. it is how the moment any be. any sort of like third party if it's a brand or there's a yeah, product they got an or, llc or an outfit they got involved i was like oh okay we gotta we gotta we gotta bring them into the very happy to hear that because <laughs> believe it or not a lot of the newer people they don't do no, that they do and again yeah. it's, it's it, just because it's they, they, just, they feel like that's the only way to get their foot in the door they yeah. see so they'll see influencers do it and some of these creators especially for video incredibly skilled yeah, yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. love them but they follow a model that's called free uh free to fee 
mm-hmm. which people don't see up front. What, what's what's free to fee? I never heard of that one. So free to fee is essentially, say for example, I'm actually going to do one um, pretty soon for a brand called Midday Squares. Mm-hmm. Midday Squares, it's like this. Um, they call it like an energy bar. It actually tastes literally like a Reese's peanut butter cup. It's amazing. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> uh, and they're pretty active on social. They're pretty active on LinkedIn. They get a bunch of investor money. So I'm like, all right. Let me see if I can do something with these guys. So I'm going to use their product as part of a tutorial video on how to shoot a uh, professional product video using only your cell phone. Okay. And I'm going to use their product. I'm going to tag them in it, mm-hmm. and I'm going to toss it up on LinkedIn and message to it. So typically what happens when you work with brands like this is if you if they like what you see, they will reach out to you and say, hey – um, Can we do an actual shoot? Yes, exactly. Ah, nice. Okay. Now, and this is this is actually and some advice. Just so we're talking about this for people who are doing this, because I find myself repeating this more than anything else for people trying to, you know, shoot samples then reach out to brands. You can do your own creative thing where your product, like your product shots of a brand stuff, are something cool to you. But if you want to actually land them as a client, look at their page, mm-hmm. look at what their stuff looks like and emulate that mm-hmm. because their their marketing department the people making the decisions the ones writing the checks they don't care about creative vision they're like yeah. oh this as looks like our stuff yeah, yeah. this looks, looks like our stuff yeah. it, you know the same like the color palette is a really important yeah. one people leave mm-hmm. out use their brand colors um you don't necessarily have to use similar frame framings but use the same maybe end shots so they have a similar frame they can use as a thumbnail this is going to be a digital asset uh just think along the lines of the internal creative team and then also put on like the non-creative guy hat which is a huge internal struggle yeah, no, <laughs> corporate yeah, as that, it is that everyone's got picking it. up dust in the corner you're just looking at it like oh <laughs> yeah so so that's actually a really good way to get that free to fee clientele and it's actually a really good business model yeah no i mean it's it makes really sense it model. makes a lot of sense because that then you then you kind of prove to them that you know what you know what they like right like yeah. they, they, then yeah. on top of that you also internally for yourself, for your soul, you're, you get to still kind of do your own thing too. Yes, absolutely. You know what I mean? And that's important. Like some people don't understand that sometimes. It's like it's like longevity. Like they're not trying yeah. to. They're not coming to you to really to reinvent the wheel. Right. You know, you have to think yeah. about it. They have a problem, and you're there to help them solve it. Yep. They have a whole team, especially bigger brands too. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. probably have a whole marketing division that exactly. is that is strategically taking the steps to plan out everything: the aesthetics, yep. the tone the messaging of what they're yep. trying to produce or, or the products that they're trying to promote. Yep. They don't need you to get in the way and try to like, redo you know, their brand, yeah, redo yeah, their colors. Exactly. If you, if you make stuff. them think more than five minutes about, Even, Oh, can we use this? Then Cause, I, that, cause probably... I see this, I see this a lot too in like the video space too, where they're, they're going like, to, they're, 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 they're working with, you know, with a company and they make a video and it's a, it could be a really dope video. Don't get me wrong. There could be really skill going in yeah, there, but, is it, is, but is they're going to look aesthetic? at it, but they're going to look at it and they're like, well, it's cool, but we're not going to, we're brand. not, yeah, we're not trying to do that over and over again, you know? Yeah. It, it's, if it's not part of their brand, if it doesn't resonate with their imagery, even if it's like something that's holiday or uh, temporary, because obviously they have like several different campaigns, they're simply not going to run it. So you just want to have something where it's easily recognizable as that brand. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. really the key takeaway for that. Make sure that it's recognizable as that brand. Like, say, for example, if you go and you look at Target and you see red and white dots everywhere, yeah. you make a sample video. If it's got red and white dots somewhere, I'm going to think it's a Target ad right away. <laughs> right. You know, so yeah. that's kind of the mindset you want to go into that. This is also a phenomenal skill builder for people. Mm-hmm. Not only the interactions with the marketing divisions, but also actually shooting product. Pr- shooting products is a really interesting thing because 
you can get really creative with it, especially when you start learning things like After Effects and whatnot for compositing. Like I do a lot of video compositing. You know how we composite photos? Mm -hmm. We put people in other backgrounds. Yeah, that's. Uh, that, I mean, After Effects. Uh, I, I hate it, but yeah, I, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. 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 I mean, you learn what works and what what doesn't, and then there are a lot of AI tools that are very handy nowadays as well. Um, really good one for someone who ever wants to cut something out of screen is runway.ml, uh, which is almost like an automatic green screen and you uh, get the mask. I've heard, I've heard of that cause I, I saw it's it on good. TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Oh really? Yeah. 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 <laughs> There's like, I follow an AI page and they like AI, um, tools like that. Yeah. It's a, it's a good one. It's, they're all far from perfect. They're all far from perfect. You still have to learn how to do the bare bones because there are going to be things that you're going to have to fix. So definitely right. don't rely on that stuff. Mm -hmm. I'll say that. No, I'm, that. I'm sure you still got to feather some. Yeah. yeah feather the. Yeah, but it's. Uh, I mean, it's just cool that it's there because it does allow you when you don't when you have the vision but you don't know how to use the tool. This allows you to get that extra step there, and maybe you'd never even use that software if you never had to shoot a product. Right, and I mean, but we we live in a time now where everything's so much easier than than it was yeah. back back when we were learning how to do editing video editing and stuff definitely because now you could you could literally there's there's a tool for everything yeah if you really want to do something you can it's not and most of the time a lot of the time unless you're using adobe it's free davinci <laughs> <laughs> resolve yeah. use that guys the color grading's a lot yeah. better are, there. You a, are you a full-on davinci user no i'm a full-on adobe but i use davinci for some of my personal projects and mm. also for all hlg hdr dolby vision at like iphone footage and stuff mm -hmm. they edit like complete shit in premiere because their color workflow their color space color space workflow doesn't exist for hdr in a good way but if you go to resolve and you use a color space transform uh, effect you can pick what gamma channel it's on you can pick what color space you want to do and you can adjust the curves there and the images look amazing coming out of it damn so it's and that's free you know what i mean and, <laughs> yeah. and it's free yeah adobe I got, needs I to get their shit on, together uh, on davinci <laughs> oh Paige is on davinci yeah. <laughs> that's funny so i'm kind of low-key learning from her <laughs> or uh, like i'm learning with her you know <laughs> yeah so how do i do this i don't know how we, we, we let's find out <laughs> their node their node system is great people like to shit on adobe but it still does a lot of things better than uh davinci the, does. the only thing Even that i like about premiere right now is the 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 transcribing that's the that, only that, thing. That was a, such a big game yeah. changer. That's the that, only that thing huge. I love about a, a, a Premiere Pro. Anything else, I'm still a Final Cut guy. I uh, am through. I, I I am, this guy's a convert, too. Yeah, he converted me to Final Cut Pro. <laughs> I can't I, do Final I, Cut. I, I was, it's funny because this, this podcast is actually what uh, got me to just forget about Adobe Premiere. I still use Adobe Premiere when I'm working with multiple editors. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or like mainly for my 9 to 5 stuff. I'll, I'll probably use Adobe Premiere wherever I need to. But if I had a choice, I'll always just use Final Cut just because of stability mainly because yeah. all the other bells and whistles that, that Adobe does, like the auto transcription, I think their color grading is a lot is a lot better it is. in Adobe yeah, Premiere color, as the well. The color curves are way – it's, it's just like it's, using Lightroom. But it's garbage in both of them. Yeah, uh, compared, compared to, to Resolve. Resolve, like Resolve <laughs> I was so mad when I first went into Resolve and did it. I'm like, are you serious? Why <laughs> hasn't easy? Adobe just bought them already? <laughs> I'm just – I'm curious, then, how does that workflow go? Because honestly, like, I can't – it, it it would be a lot. Honestly, it would be a lot for me to learn a third video editing software. No, DaVinci, da Vinci, in my experience, from from just. Uh, but I know people use. Sorry to cut you off, but I yeah. know people use like them. Sometimes they use them interchangeably. 
Well, I mean, there's a workflow that'll take you into and out of your editing software. Yeah. Like you can do just your color grading and resolve if you yeah. want to. The thing is, if you use one NLE, uh, non-linear editing program for everyone listening, um, then you have a pretty good idea of how a lot of them work. What's really nice about DaVinci is that it has separate pages for everything. I don't have compl like minor tweaks I would like to have them do, like the smooth scrolling. They should have it in the cup page where they have it in the edit page and not the cup page. I don't know why. That keeps the timeline indicator in the middle oh, instead I see. of yeah, moving yeah. to the side. Oh, I see. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Where you can drag the... Yeah, yeah. I don't know mm -hmm. why they, they have it on one of their pages and you can't enable it on the I other. See. It drives yeah, me yeah. nuts. <laughs> but uh, for the most part, like you'll pick up the basics quickly. It's the... The other effects are just crazy. Not to mention the fact that it uses both the CPU and the GPU, uh, so that's why it runs so smoothly. Versus mm. Premiere, where oh, that's right. Hold on, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, uh, you mentioned something to me earlier about uh, rendering times because you, you sent me a DM because I I, uh, <laughs> yeah, cause, yeah, I, re I still remember this and I, and I meant to ask you and I keep forgetting um, because on um, on Premiere, eight uh, 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 eight minute Reddit or uh, eight eight minute render turns into like twenty minutes. Is there is there, you said that you had a tip for that like what, how do you so, speed up render times on uh, just a, on a Mac on a regular on a Mac? Now when you start off uh, Premiere, you'll see on the project it says like is this going to be uh, Mercury uh, playback composition like yeah. software accelerated yeah, yeah. or is it going to be CUDA which uses like a graphics card and stuff? If you select one or the other, this is where it gets weird. The software enabled one is more stable. So sometimes you won't have to. Isn't nest it usually, it's usually Mercury, right? Isn't that? Uh, well, because I, I know in my sequence settings, I always see Mercury, uh, something. That, so, that. so that means that maybe that's what your system's optimized for, ah, and that's okay. why it goes there. I'm usually OpenCL or CUDA, um, and essentially those will give you faster render times. But sometimes there are issues in those compositions which you can fix if you ever have glitches at your exports. Switch over to the the standard software enabled one, and it's going to take a lot longer to render. But at least it'll fix like, uh, especially these issues pop up with speed ramps, or sometimes people have certain effects going on, mm -hmm. and they'll just mess up or or it'll crash when you're trying to render in the I've other ones. I ran into that issue maybe like a, a handful of times where the re the the final render just I was like, wait, hold on, that's not like something it, is off, yeah. like the framing is off or yeah, something and like and that. Yeah, and not the re-export, and then it fixes it, but. Yeah, I've ran into the issue uh, just uh, like a handful of times. It, like, it's super annoying because it, it is rare, but it's so frustrating yeah, when it happens. Yeah, and you can't no, because it out. like you, you think you export it, and you're like, okay, and then you send it off. That's <laughs> a mistake. Yeah. That, that, see, that's a lesson yeah. to I've always watch lesson. your export. I, I, always watch your export. <laughs> I had a huge, huge mess up a while back because of that. Yeah, I was oh, like, wait, because because I sent the, I sent something off for final approval. Yeah, and they were like, wait, why is this? What? Why is this? What's this little glitch right here? I was, oh, sh ah. I should have watched it. Yeah. Now I watch yeah. it. Now I watch all my exports. And it, watch it, it, full it gets hard though because watch you watch screen. that thing five thousand times in the timeline. Watch already. it full screen. I remember one of the first things I did that uh, it really messed me up. This is back when. So I'll I'll full on admit that um, I'm learning Apple Motion now uh, because I want to integrate like what uh, is Apple Motion? Uh, Apple Motion is After Apple's Effects. After Effects. Basically. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh god. It's actually pretty. It's, it's actually it's, pretty. Intuitive. It's way better than After Effects. I'll it's, give it that because honestly, is it? Uh, yo, hold on. Uh, uh, no, After I wouldn't say that, bro. Well, it's not better, but on After Effects, the the t 
every single fucking thing that you can click on is so tiny that you can really fuck up. <laughs> I'll give you that. And I feel, I almost feel like a boomer that I have to like, like, you know, like just kind of zoom in on shit because God that's, damn it. Every that, little, fuck, that's fair. Like, that's valid. There's that's so valid. many little check boxes and shit that yeah. you can easily miss something. Yeah. I mean, motion has kind of got a similar layout to After Effects. Gotcha. If you if you've been in After Effects, you you recognize the motion the motion layout. Okay, cool. That's but I cool. use it because I use a lot of um like I use a lot of. Uh, well, you edit in Final Cut and stuff, so I'm assuming. I edit in Final Cut, and I use a lot of effects transitions. I do a lot of text uh, motion graphics stuff work okay. that I do. Nice. And sometimes I even if if it's like a preset, I like to kind of like fiddle around with it in Apple Motion, mm-hmm. just to make it a little bit more custom. Yeah. So I do that. And I remember this was back when I was using this. It was the same principle, but in Premiere, you know. But I used to be of the mindset of like, oh, I can't let anybody know that I'm using a preset or something because then I'll get in trouble. Who cares, or, man? Who yeah, cares but, anymore? But, <laughs> but, but I was I was getting like real jobs and I was doing like a thing where, you know, I, I wanted to. I put in the thing that I was like, oh, yeah, I'm totally experienced in motion graphics. I know how that works. So you open it, you just delete all the X's and O's that are floating around. <laughs> yeah, so, like, so, so I put in so I put in a... I put We've in, all done it. <laughs> I've been there. The video editors, the three video editors listening to this right now are like, shit, so I, people so, know. I, so I put in, I put in a... <laughs> he's, spilling, he's spilling tea here, man. So I put in a, uh, a, a lower thirds. Not a lower thirds. It was a call out. So it was it was essentially like a title animation type uh-huh. of thing. Yeah. And I put in like the information on there and I put in it and I was like, oh, this looks slick. They're going to be so impressed <laughs> by this. And then I send it out to them. And then I like uh, like about an hour or two later, they send me a screenshot. It's like, hey, what's this? And there's like inside of the inside of the preset, whoever made whoever, whatever motion graphics artist made that. He just put like a little grayed out dummy text here because it had like a little glitch ah! effect and it was right there. And I was like, <laughs> just tell them, oh, this is, um, thanks, it was a, asshole. It was a place- <laughs> no, no, you just go, oh, there's a placeholder. I forgot. Oh, I do that off. all the time. Exactly. Let me go ahead. Yo, you better, guys, listen up. They don't know shit. Play Actually, it off. You guys want me to say anything in there? Play it off. Yeah, they're like, oh, this was in case you wanted to insert like your slogan here, sir. <laughs> <laughs> just completely play it off when it happens. It's just, it's just, it's just software glitch. Some, you know, no big deal. Yeah, software, <laughs> software glitch because I was building this in a separate program. But I remember because that wasn't even an editable, editable text field in oh, Premiere. Really? Yeah, no. Oh, yeah, oh, so shit. I was like, how do I even get rid of this thing? <laughs> so I had to like. And then I, I realized that the pack that that came from, it had a whole bunch of other uh, like similar things where the dummy text was not editable out. So I was like, crap. So I used another one where it was kind of like far away from the main text that I could mask it out, mm-hmm. but I had to change the animation. Oh. And then I was like, oh, I decided to go in a different direction. I hope you guys still like this. Edit. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh no! What happened? I <laughs> know oh, they were still cool. They was like, okay. "Oh, it still looks great." Yeah. But I was like, "Oh, if they don't like it and they want the old animation, yeah, they're gonna fucked. be." <laughs> nah, you're gonna have to do a frame by frame. Yeah, seriously. Is what it is. Yeah, but yeah, always God. check your always check your renders full screen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wait, I was gonna say this earlier, but but it's like so. Apple Motion is probably a really good move. The reason why these other softwares are now popping up and they're becoming very popular is because ever since Adobe moved to the subscription model, um, they became less of a pro tool and more about adding features rather than fixing it. So even 
people who have had uh, Premiere workflows for years or AE workflows for years, they're starting to move away from the software. Like for me, if someone made a real replacement to After Effects for everything that I do there, and I know for a fact nothing exists right now mm -hmm. that can uh, completely replace it. I mean, they've been in the I, game for years. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I'm gone. Yeah, I'm uh, right now. I'm gone. If that's the case, they have to do a fresh rebuild, new code, new uh, from the ground up, because one time fee. One time, I'll pay, I'll pay the, it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pay. I'll yeah. pay the four hundred dollars, five hundred dollars yeah, for the software. Charges for it, man. Yeah. Like just yeah. do it. Yeah. Promotion's only seventy bucks. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, Resolve is free, <laughs> along with Diffusion Pays. But does, but does Resolve have good animation features? It's it's okay. It's, uh, for motion typography, it's pretty good. I okay. still think, like personally, just my workflow. This is, of course, because I've been using them for so long. But I make my own presets in uh, After Effects, and I export them to Premiere. Uh, the workflow. Do you, you, for that you ever do the uh, dynamic link on that? Like, you ever yeah. do that? You know, it sucks. Yeah, it does. I don't, I don't okay, care I, I was sure. uh, Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was just me. Cause <laughs> yeah, I, I'm like, I, I tried it out. I was like, wait, hold on. Am I an idiot and not like, figuring my, this out, yeah, or what? My my because my computer <laughs> sounded like a fucking jet when yeah. I was doing that. Like going back and forth, just just fixing a little mogurt, you know, like just yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. And then just make little changes. Like, okay, this on paper, this sounds cool. This this would make sense, but god damn it, does this slow my shit down, my process down so much? It's just it's not super helpful to me. I'd rather just start a new After Effects composition and mm -hmm. then drag this stuff in afterwards. Right, if that's right. the case. Yeah, just do a quick export and just yeah, um, and then uh, just yeah. Oh yeah, you're good. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> Lean, lean a little too far back from the mic, folks. No worries. It was just Adobe slander. Yeah. I mean, don't yeah, worry right, about yeah. it. Just Adobe slander. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of people feel that way, too. It's yes. just like, you know, Adobe, I, I used to bootleg Adobe for the longest time, and the only thing that I like about Adobe is just Lightroom. I, I could care less about Premiere. But even then, like, there's so many uh, other fun different... Fun fact, I, can't, I don't use Lightroom. I'm oh, a, Capture, really? a Capture One guy. Capture One. No, oh, that's yeah. another one. That's Fuji, not... All Fujifilm people. Capture oh, One yeah. people, yeah. Yeah. Because so, it, it processes the, the raw files? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. We have some watercolor, like, weird issues sometimes. True. Although sometimes, no, with, with it. It's, it's really inconsistent. But I mean, when you really think about it, I, I would say After Effects is really the only thing Adobe's got, like, a stranglehold on. Yeah, thousand percent. Yeah, that yeah no, thousand nobody percent. Because yeah, there, there are alternatives to Lightroom. There are alternatives to Illustrator, to Premiere, to Audition. You know, they know that. They they know that. Yeah. yeah. They, they they know that After Effects is the software that if you want to do any real But like why can't somebody just get like uh, Apple put why, some why more money? We, why can't we get an Elon <laughs> Musk on this kind of thing? You yeah. know, like just throw some money into competing against After Effects. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's cuz they'll just send it to the moon or something. <laughs> yeah. Afterwards. <laughs> but but the uh, I mean they're making so much money off the su subscription model that it's unlikely unless they face like a real issue that they'll actually address it. So I don't know that that's why I'm making an effort in learning some of the more advanced features of resolve. Mm -hmm. And I'm editing at least my personal videos for the time being in resolve. Um, the co the color color grading is so beautiful in it, yeah. but, but yeah. like everything else is just a pain in the ass <laughs> just because I've learned it, you know, in the Adobe ecosystem for so many years. And the other thing is that if you work in a collaborative environment, uh, working in Adobe is going to be yeah, a lot better that's, as that's well. Another, that's, that's, another, that's a really hard any, thing to let go can, of. All the, all, everything can be open on Windows or Mac. You know what I mean? That's, oh, yeah. That's but, the only reason why I even use this shit for work. Even just exporting, like, um, project files. Oh, yeah. You can like, export yeah. any, any. Like, any, I can literally, like, if if I could literally just export an entire project with all of the elements, all the footage basically reconverted into, um, like, other. I basically get, it's, it's essentially like when you download uh, like a song 
in all the stem formats. Yeah. Like I get the project file, all I the attached stuff, in all the, the attachments, all the mogarts that I've used, all the clips. Hold on, hold on. I'm about to date myself here, but if anyone here is as old as I am, this is what um, PowerPoint Pack and Go was like back in the day on the old <laughs> zip drives. You guys remember the zip drives? I've never even heard of PowerPoint. Oh, okay, <laughs> no, yeah. No, PowerPoint. What was it? PowerPoint Pack? Pack and Go. Pack and Go. Pack and Go in the zip external zip drives you'd have to buy. It's the 100 megabyte discs back in the day. Damn, uh, I'm uh, old. <laughs> never mind. Go. Megabytes. <laughs> What's, I'm sorry. I cut you off. Continue. Let's, we're going to edit that part out. We're gonna edit that part out <laughs> but no like that's that's the only pain in the ass is like with my nine to five sometimes yeah especially editors when i see them and they're like a premiere pro user it's just like <laughs> okay fine you know look we love ragging on it but it really is a very powerful tool it, is. it still is it really is especially now they have the frame io integration which oh is yeah in, i've seen that yeah. it's so crazy because you could see every, every like right there in real time what edits need to be made it, it's not even that like if you're shooting remotely and you have an editor remotely they will have the proxy files to start on immediately mm. oh, it's crazy yeah, yeah oh, shit you got editors on your, yeah, so, on your side. So if you're using like Filmic Pro or if you're using uh, like an Atomos Ninja or something like that, you can actually do that Frame.io workflow very easily uh, and, and you're good. Like it's such a crazy thing to see what that's going to do for production. This is more for like, larger productions or yeah, yeah, stuff where, like that. Like, but, you got to turn something out the same day. Kind yeah, of yeah, but but yeah. I can see that being done for sports where a yeah, lot oh, of yeah, us yeah. Like, will shoot in the U.S. and then the U.K. editing team will, for example – They'll get well, to work right away. I was going to say football, uh, American football, because now they got the, the, the A7R4s on the field now. Yeah, re- <laughs> remember how big of a deal yeah, that, that was? was? This looks that like Madden. Yeah. <laughs> this looks like a movie. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, I'm looking at it. I'm like, that dude ramped up the shutter speed. There's no ND filter on that. <laughs> I started like picking. Oh, here's another thing about following all the rules of videography. Guys, unless you're a videographer, no one gives a shit. Yeah. No one gives a shit yeah. about your shutter speed. No one gives a shit about motion blur. Yeah. Like, it, you're you just going to really be. don't notice. No, yeah. they don't. Because I, I, I remember from my company, I do a lot of. I did a lot of uh, less now, but in the beginning when I started my, my job, I did a lot of blog style content uh-huh. for other people in the, in the company. And I remember just like going around and I'm like the I'm like the fat kid in class with my backpack just trying to like rummage through all the ND filters and put it on there. And at one point I was just like, I give up like this is this is yeah. ultimately going to end up on like like we're going to splice this vlog up and it's going to end up on like Instagram. Yeah, or TikTok. Who cares then? Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. So like I just threw all that out of the way. And even to my eye, like I know, like I notice when there's like no motion blur. Except in for shot. the Pro Mist. I still love I still love me a good Pro Mist. Or, a Pro uh, Mist is different because yeah, that's yeah, something yeah. that you visually yeah. can see, yeah. like can see. And you you don't have to really look for it. Like yeah. you just it's know. Not, it's not a technical skill that you yeah. need to apply in control these lights yeah, and you, all this you think stuff. there's like a there's like a weird like camera cartel thing where they just kind of feed you this that like you need to have this oh so some yeah the, I, mean, I call, I call them camera influencers <laughs> for the most part <laughs> no because i mean obviously you know an nd filter is, is great right for yeah. when, whenever you got too much sun or whatever and you know and a uv filter is there just to protect your lens yeah <laughs> pretty much <laughs> doesn't, doesn't do anything else yeah. other than yeah <laughs> <laughs> Don't and, then, and, and then you get the variable nd filters which is kind of cool because you get to see it real time when you oh yeah it. those are my babies those, <laughs> those are all i have now yeah. i don't even use the but other then, ones like anymore. for me i just i I'll, I'll oh but it vignettes <laughs> <laughs> well when you go to 14 <laughs> no but like i i feel you like i'm in the same boat where it's just use the right tools for the job you know don't overthink it i think a lot of and this is not to i'm not i'm not trying to talk down anybody 
But realistically, what are you shooting? What are you <laughs> shooting that demands that you use, you know, that you follow every single rule in the book for uh, cinematography? Well, well, I mean, it's a best practices thing for some yeah. people, depending on it's what their style is. It's good to know the rules, is. but then yeah. also... You, you have you to know them. how to break them, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's yeah, what a exactly. lot of people are yeah. really bad at doing, yeah. and present company included. Like, it took me the longest time to go from a 180 shutter angle to a 90-degree angle. And you know what? For sports, it looks a lot better. <laughs> looks more dynamic. I'm like, well, shit, I should have done this maybe two years ago. <laughs> yeah, but the, like the, 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 the rules are, you know... Yeah, just, yeah. oh... <laughs> 180 shutter, don't expose over a stop. <laughs> Protect the highlights. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Protect the highlights. I just look at my Protect I just the look, highlights. Now well, I can't see shit. <laughs> man, I just sometimes, man, when I'm on the fly, I just spin the dials until I get what I need. And then I just and, that, and, and that's and that's good. And honestly, for ninety nine point nine percent of stuff out there, that's perfectly fine. And the point one percent that like requires an interview, something. Like if I'm doing like if I'm shooting like an interview and I have the time to really sit down and yeah. I and I I don't have this person fidgeting and like, yeah. you know, like just like, okay, can we get this over with? Then I'll sit down and really fine tune you removed, everything. You removed the, uh, the log, uh, from, from a lot of the stuff. I don't use doing. log anymore. Yeah. yeah. Just because, of the, the color, because do I really need to sit there for hours just to color grade this shit sometimes when sometimes it's just like, if the, if it comes great out of the camera straight up, do I need to do anything else to it other than maybe throw a LUT and like turn down the, the, the intensity by like 25% or something like that? I don't, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not shooting a movie here. I'm just shooting an interview. Yeah. And if the color's yeah. great, yeah, the no, camera. if the color profile is good, then that's yeah. good. I mean, I shot a lot of my old stuff on Fuji when I was vlogging on that, uh, in the Eternal profile. I know we shoot it in log and I love the Eternal profile. It's a low contrast one. I like the color. You can do the minor adjustments there without yeah. breaking the files apart. Absolutely nothing. Like getting fixated in the log. If you're going to be a colorist, then yeah, go ahead yeah, and yeah, shoot as much. Yes, that's shoot what, as that's much as you can in <laughs> yeah. log, so you have more time to practice, and it becomes more second nature, whatever the case is. Especially if you run but into a really a time, dynamic. There lighting. was a time that I was obsessed with log. Mm -hmm. like, everyone, and, and, everyone, yeah, everyone. Like, especially like everyone. So I gotta get the A7 III so I can get the S log three. Yeah, you know, or, which is like, a pain in the ass yeah, log format yeah, too, that, by the yeah, way. Man, and then and then for some reason when I did when I shot HLG one time. And Final Cut did not process that well. That's at all. what you, that's what you need Resolve for. Yeah, that like it, it, did not, it, it was yeah. like super like contrasty. I was like, what the fuck is this? And I it was like a music video that I was shooting, and I was like, I can't do anything with this. Yeah, and it, it was like it wasn't processing well. And then and then like the A seven S three came out and had the Cinetone to it. Yeah, I was like, oh, I need that. And I was and then I was like, what, what am I gonna do with that? Like you know, like it, well, Cinetone is not like log. Cinetone is essentially like a normal profile. It's like a it's like a turn up for Fuji. Yeah. It's a very low contrast profile. Mm, yeah, which if you want to like mess with the colors and stuff a little bit, then it you can and it looks good and everything. But yeah, definitely not the flexibility of log. Yeah, yeah, no, and it's not it's not as much of yeah. a pain in the ass because I remember when I got on to my work camera, the A seven S three. That's all I used. Is the God, I was so obsessed with getting that. I ended up going <laughs> the Canon route just because a lot of the my clients they have like Canon for their in house stuff, and um, it's just going to be easier to match yeah, up the with colorway, them. Yeah, the colorway. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. I mean, that, so, you know, that's another thing. Um, if a camera was released in the last four years, uh, it's not it's not a bad camera. Period. Yeah. No. I, yeah. I will, right. I will die on that. Hell, I don't give a shit yeah. what the no, you're brand definitely is. Right. You're definitely right. I will die on yeah, this. Yeah, you have to understand context here. We've been, we, like, we've, we, it's we walked struggle. so you can run. <laughs> <laughs> you fuckers. <laughs> you really can't go wrong nowadays. Yeah. Back in the day, we were like, Oh, there's a phase detect layer of that, but it affects the color of the image. Everything focuses. Everything looks okay yeah. in 
decent lighting. Like it's <laughs> everything can give you a blurry background if you buy their fucking two thousand dollar lens. Like unless you're Nikon. You're gonna... Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> this e- I like this emote. Really? I like it. Yeah. You're the first person. Well, no, I, wait, we, no. I really like the new Nikon. Well, we had Chris on the show who was a Nikon guy, but yeah. he converted. He's oh, on that's Sony. He's a yeah, Sony he's now. Sony. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess you like green skin tones, bud. <laughs> Join Team Magenta on Canon. <laughs> those, those are like really intricate jokes. A lot of people are like, what are these guys talking about? <laughs> no, but one thing I do like, and I, I've seen it before. I've seen it like on, on, a, on a professional level, like how Canon captures colors differently than Sony. Mm. I've seen that before, I, and, and I get it. But I don't. The, they're new, a, that's irrelevant now, though, because yeah, their new one's amazing. Yeah. Their new color profile is really, really good. But if you're but shooting the, raw, huh? does it matter? Huh? If you're shooting raw, does it ultimately matter? Oh, for photos, no. Yeah. For for, oh, for video, yeah. For video, li- depends on how much. Like, it's really more about color cast and you controlling the environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but different. for photos, I mean. No, but if you if you were to, if you were to shoot a project that one shot shown, uh, one one was shot on Canon and the other scene was shot on Sony. You would be able to tell the difference, and that's going to be a pain in the ass to to, to try to match. So there yeah. there is a gamma workflow for that to actually match them, and I've seen a colorist do it in front of me, and I said I will. You said ne- colorist. That sounds like a whole career. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, so <laughs> no, I know that. I'm just saying, like that means that somebody is a very well versed person. That's oh yeah. Not cheap to just match your colors. Like you know, you Sony know, to Canon. You know how we correct our colors with like keyboards and mice. Yeah. They have the literal like studio dials. Yeah, it looks like I, it's man, I've, crazy. I've, I've always wanted one of those because I've seen I've seen like they they um they used to sell these or I'm, I'm sure they still do these little modular blocks. Yeah, that you can that you can like kind of daisy chain to each yeah. other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Each 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 dial is like for a certain thing on a yeah, and I was like, God damn. But then I saw the price tag on those. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> you can you can buy the pre-built ones from Black Magic. They're like six yeah, grand that's and it. stuff. Yeah, Black Magic, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Resolve is their software. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Black oh, Magic. Right. Owns yeah, it. yeah, 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 yeah. Because I remember the, the little. Three. And that's also yeah. why it reads B raw, and Apple does not. By the way, fun fact: you can't edit B raw. Apple Motion guy. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure I do not get a Black Magic then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but in case you ever do import footage from someone else, God, you got to tell, tell them to transcode too. it before he even <laughs> sends it to you. That's actually a good point. Or you can do it in Premiere or Media Encoder mm-hmm. uh, because that'll read everything. Is Media Encoder free? It's included if you pay for Premiere. I don't. Oh, well, yeah, for my work computer. Yeah, yeah. Work, yeah, work, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do it on my work computer. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, that, that stuff gets annoying when it comes to if anyone ever does collaborative video, you come across some pretty unique issues. You, you can never really be prepared for them. No, but those are some basic pieces of advice that we're tossing out throughout the podcast in case you ever do. Yeah. So you don't have to, you know, put your head through a wall when it happens. Yeah, that's uh, the worst. When when you think you're doing something right and just nothing is nothing is working. It's like okay, you follow a YouTube tutorial, doesn't work. Okay, you follow another YouTube tutorial, doesn't work. Then it's like okay, what the fuck? You that's find part of the process. You find yeah, out you just have to restart your computer. Yeah. So shout out, you know. It's like it, oh, what do you do all day? Oh, I spend probably twenty percent of my day actually editing, and then the rest of it is just banging my head swearing. up against the desk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> swearing at my computer. <laughs> Why is it taking so long? <laughs> I know. Bruh, like, look, <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you want to sit behind me for eight hours of the day, 
and, and, and you won't get bored, then go ahead. You know how they do those? Yeah, like, that's what I told my boss to do the I other saw, day, like out of rage. I, I saw something really funny. I, I, have you seen on YouTube, like, there's a whole trend of, oh, like, oh, sit with me while I do my work. Yes, and yes, yes, some, yes. And, to, and listen to some, like, lo-fi beats or something. I was like, oh, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that because you would just see me, like, going like, what the fuck? Why is this thing going so fucking slow? And <laughs> yeah, for it's, for it's me, not, it's not serene at all. For me, it'd just be like, well... Here's my I get like an ADHD diagnosis in three seconds, just clicking <laughs> around a bunch of stuff, especially like when when you know that time when you're rendering hmm. and you have to find something to do, but it can't be something that loads up your computer to slow down yeah. the rendering. Yeah. At the same time. You just got to let it sit because you might ruin the export and you just got to let it sit there and do its thing. And then the thing is the whole jet engine, you know, while it's well, yeah, yeah, exactly. The fans start blaring and stuff. So no, just, whenever you see me like this on my computer like this, just like, you know, or. And for those who are just listening, he just folded his beard up over his mouth. Just imagine that visual right there. It's going to be a very descriptive as this happens. This, this, this is, my, this is my, my rage uh, inquisition right here. It's just like, what the fuck? Why the fuck can I do that? Why isn't it ripple editing? What the fuck? Oh, God. Yeah, the, the ripple edits <laughs> yeah, yeah, kill me. And then, like, sometimes it doesn't work. It's like, God damn it. I got to. Q! Q! God damn it. All right crash YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and then i watch a youtube video and i do the same thing that they're doing doesn't work see what you're reading or, or you're just or your or your your threshold for bullshit is already at max capacity like yeah. you're, you're already annoyed yeah. to the max and then you gotta put on some youtuber and he's like hey guys and then it's like a whole like three minutes yeah, before he actually shows easy. you it's like back <laughs> in 1990 adobe launches software <laughs> give me to the stuff i need to know god damn it that's why and, I, and, then you, and then you get to the part that you need Oh, there's an ad. And <laughs> then you got to sit through that bullshit. <laughs> I haven't seen the YouTube ad in years. YouTube, premium? YouTube premium, premium? baby. Oh, oh, yeah. Thousand percent worth it. YouTube premium master race. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. I got a fist bump. I, have, that. I, I have yet to buy that shit. It is, is that? you bought it's I think it's like 120 a year. God damn. Uh, but it, dude, when I tell you it's worth it, it comes with uh, it's YouTube music to any other streaming yeah. subscription. It, it comes with YouTube music though. So you get a free like premium music app and stuff too. I mean, I got Spotify, but yeah, but I get it. Yeah. But yeah, being able to like play the videos, no ads, being able to download the videos. I do them to like, if I, if, if there's something I want to watch that's long, I yeah. just download it, play it on the treadmill. Good to go. Oh, tutorials and stuff too. So you don't lose them. Yeah. Just might, keep them in your downloads. I didn't think you could download from that. Yeah. yeah. But it's, you download, but it's in app. It stays in app, but it's fine. Like it's yeah, like Netflix, like, yeah, I, like, well, like Spotify, yeah. you can download it, but then yeah, after yeah, yeah. 30 days, you got to make sure that you still renew the license or <laughs> yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, well, Omar, we're running up on like about an hour and a half now. So, Damn, wow, yeah, yeah, I know. No, but we definitely we'd love to have you back. Yeah. It, it's great, oh, yeah, it's been great yeah, talking right. to you. This is this is probably the, t- the techiest uh, podcast we've. Yeah, had. I love nerding out with <laughs> you. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> we actually we're, we're finally a photography podcast here. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that's the case, I can bring several samples over, and we can really go into the nitty gritty between the BSI sensors and the Bayer sensor discussion. I'm sure there's an audience for that out there somewhere we can yeah. uh, we can we can try to tap into no, I love yeah, I feel it's like a I comment live. section of every youtube video that's yeah. that audience yeah, yeah. And well i mean the, the best part is like not a lot of people understand what the fuck we're talking about mm. you know and like we could sit, i could sit here and talk to you know regular people about you know my gripes of work and you know just editing camera shit in general and not they're not gonna get it it's like, oh oh that's nice 
Yeah. Like, oh, cool, cool. You ever talk to your girl about something camera related or editing related? Yeah. I, yeah. Sometimes it hits and she's like, what do you mean? The colors are the same. They're not the same. <laughs> they look they look the same to me. Look at the curves here between these two shots. It's not the same, goddammit. Why are you late? I was rendering this video and just like so she's like, so what are you doing? You're just sitting there on TikTok. I'm like, I'm waiting for this export. <laughs> Yo, that that's that's a dangerous thing. If you if you're dating a, a video editor or videographer or whatever, and you see them kind of like on their phone, just looking at the computer, this is a tense moment sometimes. <laughs> because because if you're on export export final underscore version three underscore real final, if you're yeah. rendering that one Not out. Final, never, yeah. never Never put the word final in your export. Yeah, that, that, that's automatic jinxing it. Automatically jinxing it. It's like Adobe knows that. It's like they, they, you, you joke, you joke. I literally will not name something final until after I check it and it looks good, and then I'll name it final in the folder. Yeah, my, 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 my draft, my draft before. If they approve it, then it turns into exactly. A final. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Otherwise, I feel like Adobe knows when he's called something final, I'm going to fuck with this guy. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's literally a guy's job. He just goes, well, I guess it's time to teach him and a lesson. <laughs> welcome, to the, welcome to the industry, bitch. <laughs> Love it. All right. Well, on that note, yeah. thank you, you guys any, for any, listening. Any, do you have any parting words for us? Any any wise words for What's your Instagram? Buddy? You got something oh, yeah. you oh, want to say? Oh, my Instagram is omar.tiff. T-I-F. I, I recently changed yeah. that because every time I'd have to tell people it's Omar B. Ramawi, I get someone go, I thought it was just Ramawi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a callback to the start of this podcast. <laughs> but yeah, it's Omar.T-I-F-F, which is a file format because JPEG was taken. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> Wait, what's the, what, what, what raw format is that? Is that for the Fuji? Uh, the TIFF is any uncompressed format that you send out for print or for uh, like yeah. further production or anything right. like yeah. that for photos. It's a better quality than a, like, than a JPEG. It, it's like or, a raw. Yeah. It's like a raw, but like oh, universal. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's as raw as a raw, <laughs> except that it's also going to turn your file from a PSD to a PSB. Cause those boys get pretty big. Sure. <laughs> maybe that's a big boy. Maybe I should have been Omar.psb, but like three people would have gotten it. And on that note, <laughs> whatever you say, man. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah, we appreciate uh, thank you. you. Thank you for coming thank out. Thanks for having me. This is this has been a great <laughs> podcast, and you know I'm hoping that you guys actually learned something on this one. We actually might actually promote this one just because we actually talk about some some real photography Yo. shit. Yeah. And if you've got around. questions, ask them. Ask them. Yeah. I will talk your ear off and you will block yeah, me. Guy, yeah, this guy but go ahead and ask. We'll get your information. Come to the meet. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, come see this man at the next <laughs> <laughs> I'll be doing. I'll be holding something weird. Either a big Fuji lens yeah, or like yeah, a 360 camera like with the stick all the way up or something like that. You're, oh god, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get banned one of these days. <laughs> not from you guys, just yeah, from like no, this, this not from, us. from this state. <laughs> like we've we've had enough of this man. <laughs> all, right, all, right, well, all right, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. If you guys are even listening to this point, but you know, peace, peace out, later.